All right. Well, we're back to discuss the remainder of the um, Esper outbreak uh, part of Final Fantasy VI and the fallout from that. Um, welcome back, Ben. How have you been? Uh, I've been all right. How are you? Man, it's so weird. It's so weird. Uh, I, I crave the normalcy of our conversations, so I'm glad mm-hmm. we're, we're back on, even though slightly different time than usual. But um, yeah, it's it's a it's a fun time to be playing old video games. So indeed, uh, there's comfort in that. Now uh, we did sort of talk about what happens when the espers come out, and um, you're on the airship, and they they zoom past again. Their sprites just kind of like glide around and um, cause havoc. Uh, so the airship gets wrecked right Mm -hmm. um you're kind of stranded off in a distant part of the continent so if you haven't explored it yet you get a chance now yes Um, did you do any any exploration did you go straight up to vector to uh to see what to do about this new situation yeah i'd done some exploring when i initially unlocked the airship so none of this was terribly new um so mostly i just went to vector like i putzed around in miranda a little bit saw it very devastated like miranda is the city where where all the soldier debauchery is going on like it used to be a nice town but now it's all soldiers chasing chasing girls who are probably prostitutes no 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 but it's the girl who's chasing the soldier see that's what's so funny about that (laughs) that is the that is the scene that made me look up the translation uh question okay that i that i it looks like that is the way it is in the japanese version too that she's saying uh, marry me and he's like uh no <laughs> he's running away from her <laughs> okay okay my mistake i yeah. misinterpreted I, I i went the exact same way and i think that is the joke there um mm-hmm. but there's also like yeah dog fights going on it's, it's yeah not a great um and uh, it's even gotten worse since the espers have been been through like the pub it used to be a happening place with all those soldiers watching the dancing girls now it's deserted oh, um, interesting. like if if it was bad before, it is worse now. Um, and, and I think that's an interesting sort of detail, like an interesting indication of what's what's changing. Because obviously when you get to Vector, everything has changed. Like the whole city is on fire. Um, and like it's those subtle, those subtle hints of devastation. Like you thought that Miranda was a you know, crappy place to be before. Well, now, now it's even worse. The one thing it had going for it is gone. Um, <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And, and it's interesting that that, I guess, suggests that a lot of the soldiers have been recalled to the capital to deal with this new uh, disaster or, or anyway, have um, maybe just run off, right, and um, skip town, because no one's watching them or who knows, right. So there's, there's kind of a crisis here of, um, on the one hand, there's like, no apparent um, contingency for this, right? Mm -hmm. Like, nobody saw this coming. Also, the leadership is flaky at best here. Um, yeah. Like, there, there's a very strong, very strong suggestion that Emperor Gestal is not fully in charge. And one of the ways you see this is because he, he asks you to go around to his soldiers and convince them to, um, to uphold the peace, right? right. Uh, he doesn't seem to actually be able to give them orders at this point, but he, he needs your strength. And you do it, the way you do this is like, you fight the ones who, um, who haven't come around yet, right? So mm-hmm. it, it's just brute force. Um, but even yep. he is, he's not even the one doing it anymore. It, it's bizarre. Yeah, he, this he's was delegating such a it to you. 
It is. And it's really like, I think it actually is effectively surreal in that way. Like as much as we've talked about all the strange decisions that don't seem to work, I think this is a really strange decision that totally works. Um, Like from the moment you arrive in Vector, things are just not right. Um, Like it used to be swarming with soldiers. Now it's swarming with the returners and the Narsh guards that you remember from before. You see Bannon hanging out on the staircase. And as you walk in, like all the guards are standing at attention and they're waiting for you. Mm -hmm. They're not going to attack you. It's not one of those cases where you have to like sneak by them to get through. No, they're waiting for you. They are there expecting you to arrive and like planning for you to talk to Emperor Gestal. And the conversation you have with him is just so uncomfortable. Um, like it's set up like a diplomatic round table where, you know, his delegation is on one side of the table and your delegation is on the other. And then Sid shows up and he's just like, guess what? I'm on your side. And you're like, are you? Um <laughs> And then the conversation proceeds like he gives you these questions or, you know, even invites you to ask questions and you have this three like answer set up, which we've never seen before. Right. Um, And it's very calculated. It's very, very careful. And yet every single answer that Gestalt gives you is a dodge or a feint or, you know, evading the question. Um, like when you get down to brass tacks and he's like, what should we do about Kefka? And you're like, you should, you know, arrest him, keep him in jail forever. Mm-hmm. Or even like I said, straight out execute him. You he's did? a danger to everyone. Yeah, I did. Ooh. I know how this game goes. I know what <laughs> Kefka is like left to his own devices. And so I said, execute him. And he's like, mm, we'll deal with him later. It's just like, what a non answer to that. Like it's all that political diplomatic double talk like we're, we're not actually sacrificing anything but we're going to act like we're on your side and everything is everything is cool now um, and the whole thing is just so weird like to be in this position of power to be sitting at the same table with the emperor it's, it's kind of gross yeah. um, like you've only ever seen him in flashbacks and cutscenes. You've never actually met this guy. It's kind of like that scene in V for Vendetta where you finally see John Hurt outside of his like giant TV screen face. And he's just this cringing little petty man. Um, it's really that weird, really that uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the, the staged aspect of this is, is really strange as well. Like, as you say, you are put on the spot um, as soon as you walk in. Uh, everything is sort of arranged around mm-hmm. you. Um, and in that way, it reminded me a bit of the opera, actually. Yes. This is another kind of set piece. Um, but uh, whereas the opera is delightfully silly and um, lighthearted, and, uh, but also has that kind of wonderful thematic uh, heft to it when you start to dig into it. Uh, mm-hmm. This one, I, I agree. It, it it is a kind of um, uh, t- it's like a deconstruction of the RPG game, right? Mm-hmm. Where you're just doing like a text um, adventure, but this text adventure it doesn't actually determine what happens in the story. It just is a matter of um, like awarding certain number of points for each answer, and mm-hmm. you get some you get some prizes at the end. I think the prize I got was that Doma Castle is now um, like open again. I can mm-hmm. go back there. Um, 
And I think I also could uh, go and raid that locked room in the Imperial base. Yep, I got so to do that as well. That was very exciting. Yeah. <laughs> Having and passed through there several times and seen all those chests, it was very tempting. And finally you get access to it. Yeah, and so it's like, in a way, this invites, um, you know, that, that element of perfectionism that, that mm -hmm. games, you know, like completionism, I guess is the word for it, right? Um, if you really study this, you can figure out the best way to do it and like map out your course to like run around and talk to every single guard, right? Um, mm -hmm. But um, but as somebody just playing the game, you have this like kind of feeling of it's it's ominous. You mm -hmm. feel like there is a right answer, but that you don't know what it is. Yeah. Um, and you might, I guess I was worried like there's something here that I'm missing. and um, you know the very obvious thing is that you're about to be betrayed like everything screams yep. that at you right? like, yes it is say, not subtle this, this is not good right but but on the other hand and here this is kind of interesting so there is a really interesting scene it looks like um that neither of us i think went back and saw uh mm -hmm. in the airship so so if you if you go back it looks like you can um see a scene where sid has gone to check out the airship and Setzer's down there uh, working on the engine. Um, and Tara says, so Tara's in your party at that point, mm -hmm. Locke, right? Um, he says, you love this ship more than anything, huh? And Setzer says, actually, when I was young, there was something that I was mad about. In my youth, I dreamed of having the world's fastest airship. At that time, there was a young girl who piloted the Falcon, the fastest vessel ever made. Sometimes we were the worst of rivals, but other times we were the best of friends. We always egged each other on to go faster and higher. When she disappeared along with her ship, I felt like I lost my spirit. Mm -hmm. And he says, poor Daryl, and lots of ellipses. Does that ring any bells? Um, I think that's going to become relevant in the future. I don't think I've ever seen that scene, so I cool. can't speak to it, but I... I do think that we're going to get more about Setzer, his history, his relationship to the Falcon uh, as, as we go along. Good. Um, so, so yeah, there will be more to see. That delights me that um, so that this whole, in a way, this whole thing with the empire, right. Is um, you know, it's, it's this misdirection and mm -hmm. There's nothing that indicates maybe we should go back and check on how Setzer and the others do. Nothing like that comes yep. up in the in the script here. But uh, apparently, you can go back and see that little scene and get that little, I guess, sliver of um, of what I'm always more interested in. Right, is the the story of these characters. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't get the yeah. I didn't get the best uh, like prizes from playing the game, uh, running around talking to soldiers. Uh, however, I, I wish that I had uh, read this ahead of time so I could go back and um, talk to Setzer and get a little bit of his uh, personality coming out. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, but, uh, tell me about uh, this Kefka character, because I don't think I was prepared to execute him, but he is there in prison. Um, yes, <laughs> you can have a chat with, with, with yeah. Kefka, or at least listen in on his, you know, I, it's hard even to guess what it is. Like there's a sense that it's like this deranged rambling as he's locked in his cell. He certainly does not seem to be, you know, he's inconvenienced and that's it. He seems to have a contingency plan here. Yeah. 
And for all that Gestalt gives you the lip service about, yes, we're distancing ourselves from Kafka. And like half of the guards you talk to are like, yeah, good thing Kafka is behind bars. That guy's a weirdo. Like um, they totally distance themselves from the poisoning of Doma, which again, major political dodge there in my opinion it's like we weren't responsible for kafka's actions we the gestalian empire do not agree with the <laughs> actions of this radical you know um kafka guy and yet you know kafka didn't act alone admittedly he is the one who puts the poison into the river but he's doing so with all these soldiers around and they don't seem to see this as a problem yeah if anything, he maneuvers Leo out of the way to do it. Um, so, you know, for for Gestalt to be like, oh, Kefka, yeah, we don't we don't see eye to eye with him. He he was never acting under our under our orders. It's like you put him in this position. <laughs> you let this madman free. Like you yeah. gave him the power, the resources, the funding to do these atrocities, and now you're gonna backpedal on it. Um, I just love that he is in a jail cell. Um, you know, he's like a powerful mage. We've seen that people like this can teleport, apparently, mm-hmm. right? Celis can do that. So he, as you know, uh, as powerful as he is, no, no doubt he can bust out of here as soon yeah. as he wants to, right? Like that's, he does not seem to think that this is going to be a permanent situation, and yeah. even like the emperor doesn't seem committed to actually doing anything about Kafka at any point in the conversation. That, that's that was what um was so weird and of all the people you talk to he's the one who you don't actually directly interact with you can't change his mind right yeah. you, you can't fight him which is very frustrating yeah. um you just watch him like dance around on his toilet in there and waste <laughs> a bunch of your time yeah right? your time ticks down as he's like capering around in there and so if you talk to him early on uh and not at the very end then you have really no chance to mm-hmm. uh to get a, a good you know um, a score running around and talking to all the other soldiers. So, yeah. So he, he's a monster, though, right? Like this. Oh yeah. This this portion of the game, um, uh, he is out of the picture for a while because we go on our our night sea journey up the uh, coast to mm-hmm. the crescent, the so-called Crescent Isle, um, and there's a number of little um, kind of glimpses into some of these characters here that takes place because. Uh, Celis finally reappears. Um, yes, from wherever as, it was that she had teleported. <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, she doesn't appear as like a renegade or you know doing her own thing. She reappears as a reinstated general of the empire. Exactly, like as the prodigal daughter returned, which is also really unsettling because the whole like the whole moment when Celis left, that was the moment that Locke had lost faith in her. Who are you really working for? He asks. And Celis is like, I've always been working for you. And it's that distrust that makes her, makes her disappear. But yeah. then she comes back and she's in exactly the position that Locke thought she was. Mm-hmm. She sits at the general's right hand. She sits, you know, at the emperor's like side, like putting her seal of approval on these actions, even though she doesn't seem terribly comfortable about it. Like if anything, Locke is kind of vindicated here. Um, Although, you know, it doesn't seem that clear. Like this is, Salas has only joined the emperor emperor after the emperor has switched sides. Like after he's also turned on Kafka. Yeah. And if she has, it's partly because Locke's own, you know, suspicion pushed her. Mm -hmm. Um, to you know 
Yeah, anyway, so that's a really interesting kind of um, friendship on the rocks going on there. Um, yeah. Meanwhile, um, Tara has a really interesting scene where she opens up to uh, first Leo overtly, and then actually Shadow is just like, happens to be out and about. Uh, he says he might sleep under the stars or something, right? And so he overhears a lot of it. Uh, yeah. where, where she is again sort of questioning if she is uh, doing the right thing, if she's ever going to be able to have what she sees going on between Locke and Celis, right? And, and Locke and pretty much everyone, right? <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, so she's like, I think her, her question is like, am I um, capable of, of loving somebody? Am I going to find somebody who loves me? That kind of, you know, rather... A sticky question for yeah. someone who is in her position of of not really fitting in in this world um, yeah not fitting in in either world being yeah. like an intermediary between the two but i also find you know i love shadow at this moment because yeah. he does not pull his punches here um his answer is not i'm sure you'll find someone like you know any person with a soul would say instead his response <laughs> is you know sometimes if I'm mistaken, like, or if I'm not mistaken, if I think I'm paraphrasing, but he's basically saying like, we're two of a kind, neither of us are going to have people in our lives like this. We, and sometimes that's an advantage. Um, people will hurt you. Uh, like there's something so cold about that answer. And yet there's something so warm about the fact that he's willing to open up and to, to have an honest conversation. Um, you know, as bitter as his honesty might be, as informed by his own cynicism and isolation, like this is a really weirdly heartfelt response from Shadow and demonstrates that he's, he takes her question seriously in a way that many of the characters just aren't at this point. And yeah, and it's Leo, Leo and Shadow both answer, I think you sort of conflated the two, but basically, yeah, oh, okay. Sh Shadow is saying like, you have to look within yourself. I can't help you. Yes. Basically. And that's as honest as it gets, right? And Leo is the one who says, like, I think I understand what you mean. And, and that sense of, like, them being alike in some way. Mm -hmm. um, which is, yeah, really interesting how, um, how both of them sort of provide that honest and um, while not entirely, like, comforting, at least um, reassuring sort of answer mm -hmm. um, that she's, like, asking the right questions, that she um, will eventually be able to understand but that maybe it won't come in the way she expects yeah um, but the, the emphasis that it's got to be from herself is what yeah. i find most striking here like no one can answer this question for her she's gonna have to find it out for herself because you know there's no precedent for this no she can't have this conversation with anyone else no one else is in her situation and nor will they be right and it's um it's very telling i think that we get this as a parallel scene to that you know conversation that isn't really a conversation between Locke and Celis, mm -hmm. where he attempts to apologize. She won't even really speak to him and runs yeah. off. And it's, it's all very, I mean, the, the two um, are, are like ships passing in the night, which is where she is. Right. <laughs> right <laughs> where she's yeah. talking, which is awesome. I think. Um, and, and so in that way, I think we see that the game you know, takes these questions really seriously. On the other hand, there is this immediate like 
switch to um, comic relief. Yes, Woodlock <laughs> wanders on onto the deck, obviously seasick. Yeah. It's awesome, and he's like, uh, he's like, you can't tell anyone about this. Like, he wants to pr- preserve his cool persona here. He right. doesn't want people to know he's uh, he's having a, a, a vom over the side of the ship at night. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Uh, and Shadow, uh, of course, doesn't have anything to tell anyone. Right. <laughs> Discretion is his middle name. <laughs> well, he probably tells his dog, right? I mean, yes, Interceptor. <laughs> oh my gosh! I, I looked to my wife, and I'm, I'm, I immediately said to her, "We need to name our dog Interceptor. <laughs> like, if we're ever going to have a dog, it will be named Interceptor, and we'll call it Squint for short." <laughs> yes. Yeah. The, so the dog becomes a really interesting uh, kind of go-between here. Yeah. So. There's a lot that goes on in this next portion. Um, yeah. And this, again, is a place you might have explored before, but you couldn't really do much here. Um, it's Tamasa, the town of the mage warriors, spoilers, mm-hmm. right? Uh, turns out um, everyone there knows about magic and can use magic. And uh, we see that um, as we wander around, right? There's somebody like burning some bushes with fire in his backyard. Yep. Um, there's very, somebody else, very incriminating. Yeah. <laughs> who, uh, uh, what has like a boo-boo and wants a cure spell from mommy mm-hmm. and mommy's about to do it, but then she sees you. Um, and so she goes to get the uh, medicine and, yep, yep. No and cure spells I, here. yeah, I think it's like, um, it's a, uh, uh, a, another couple of characters that we just get. Okay. So first it's Strago, right? Mm-hmm. He's the one who's wise about um uh, monster magic uh, mm-hmm. and he's pretty cool uh and then shortly after that the other his granddaughter realm mm-hmm. right and sh- her power is um to bring things to life when she sketches them essentially yes. um her theme song is really distinctive i found yeah. it's and very it's very lilting very calm yeah. Like especially compared to all of these other, uh, all of these like ominous themes, realms is very upbeat. Like it's got what sounds like a synthesized flute solo going on, <laughs> um, and you know it, it it is very unique, um, and they play with it in some interesting ways over the course of the game. And it also doesn't even like relate to Strago's. Like Strago has his own theme. It's the same theme as the as the city, right. and it's kind of like silly and weird and a little offbeat like a little syncopated um but then you hear hers and it's just like it's almost romantically childlike totally yeah and she is i think the youngest party member it's safe to say yes what is she like 10 years old or something he is the oldest right he's he's ancient uh 70s or something um and um and so in that way they're a cool pair their their color scheme plays off each other pretty neat um they're both like red and green um and uh and as you say like his song is kind of kooky and you know obviously magical but pretending not to be uh hers is this yeah very odd very nature uh very childlike and um i don't i don't know she uh, ostensibly is probably the weakest character so far like i don't find that her sketchability is actually very useful so far but um in um in her ability in like the sense of what it means for her like to create 
living things out of art. Um, that is a endlessly fascinating idea yes. to me. So I, I think she she is immediately one of the most interesting characters um, just for that. Um, but yeah, just, um, a, just as a sort of glimpse down the road, um, like for whatever reason, I Realm has been a core part of my party in the late game forever. Like really? she may be weak starting out, but she becomes perhaps the most powerful magic user by the end of the game. Whoa. Um, there is a lot of potential there. Like part of it is because she starts at a low level. So you can like specifically gear her by training her with the right espers. Ah. But she very much has the glass cannon thing going on, like fairly low health, but a powerful magic attack. Awesome. Um, if you you know give her the right stuff and equip her correctly so like i have i have beaten the final boss in this game with realm at my side at least once um that's awesome yeah no, that that fits really nicely right in that sense her weakness is her strength right mm -hmm. um her weakness starting out allows her to be uh to have that maximum potential for um for magic and so in terms of the game she just sort of like inserts herself by um, running over to the dog, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and immediately charming Interceptor. And um, uh, for no apparent reason, we then proceed to save her from a burning building. Mm -hmm. uh, so, <laughs> I mean, it's a little bit like tangential to the rest of the story. It's not entirely worked in like why this should be happening or... Yeah. So it's like this... The kid, I guess the kid who's playing with fire, like has a giant mansion where he um, sits on the front stoop and doesn't let anyone in, except mm -hmm. then uh, that night it all catches on fire. I wonder how that happened, right? Yeah, <laughs> something very <laughs> suspicious about this. Yeah. Um, but I also noticed that it like takes the fire for the town to admit that they can do magic. Indeed. Um, so, you know, this huge building is on fire. Your party is standing around. Strago, who knows that Realm is in the house, starts casting what looks like something along the lines of Blizzard or Water or maybe his Aqua Rake ability that we discover that he has, yeah. um, trying to put it out. And it is not working because it's just one dude. And everybody's like, Strago, stop it. Like, there are people looking. We, we can't actually admit that we can do magic. And he's like, guys, my granddaughters in there we have to do something this is not the time for secrecy and the entire town starts casting this spell trying to put out the fire yes. but the fire gets bigger and scarier instead because it's apparently got this magical like monstrous source that you have to go in and take out yeah. um, but it's also interesting like strago becomes utterly invaluable the minute you walk into that burning building right um like the aqua rake ability hits everyone and everybody is fire which means that water is super effective against them so you're doing like a thousand damage to all those balloon enemies <laughs> yeah. and taking out like whole lots of six of them at a time it's very easy to level in this place and it's very easy to learn magic as well mm -hmm. um yeah, because he just wipes things out and you can just rinse and repeat with that as much as you want, really. Yep. Um, so the only issue is that it's very samey. I mean, like, there's one enemy. You fight them over yeah. and over. <laughs> and it's it's expensive. Like, his spell yeah. costs a lot of magic. So you've either got to keep hitting them with the tinctures or 
um, eventually you're going to have to come up with another strategy for beating them, which is plausible at this point. Like I think halfway through you discover the, the ice rods and then mm-hmm. you can just hit people and do lots of damage. And if you have been getting all the items on the way, you have the blizzard sword, which does the same thing. So yeah. it's pretty easy to one shot a lot of these enemies, um, given your, given your weapon sets. It's yeah. And, and so you come to a point where there's a dead end and again, I don't get really why realm is there, but she is. Uh, mm-hmm. And there's this other thing that's there that called the flame eater, which yep. is behind all of the fire. Like apparently it's magic is stronger than the entire town's magic um, because they can't put it out or it's, you know, it's somehow channeling realms, very high magic ability. I don't know what's going on here. Yeah. But anyway, the way to put it out is by fighting this thing um, in classic RPG style. And uh, it's a pretty hard boss because it's tricky. This thing um, will cast a reflect spell on itself. Yes. And so if you're in the middle of casting a spell and it reflects it, then there's one of your party members is gone, right? Pretty like, much. Done, done. And so you've got to bring them back to life and it keeps summoning all these other bombs. And so they can add up because you can't do all magic on it as long as it has a reflect on it. So it's, it's very, very annoying. So I don't know. You can also, you know, bounce magic off of yourself. Yes. But if your reflect runs out, then you just like wipe out your own party. So that's no yep. fun. Oops. <laughs> so, so I don't know. Uh, this is probably the hardest boss fight so far, I thought. Um, Okay. What I've, what I've dealt with in this game. Yeah, I, I, I crushed him before he got a chance to cast Reflect, so nice. we had a pretty easy time of it. Again, like every one of my characters at this point was packing ice weapons, and I was just mowing these guys down. Um, I think I want to say that I had like double ice weapons equipped because of the Genji glove, and as a result, nice. like Locke was just plowing through doing something like 3000 damage per hit and you know <laughs> oh you have reflect on i don't care because i'm not using magic at this point but sometimes uh, the blizzard sword will cast a spell you it will but the one time it did while it had reflect on it hit the guy anyway apparently that didn't count Ooh. Um, yeah reflect proof awesome. loophole <laughs> sweet um so yeah, like there was at least one time where I saw like the spell cast and I'm like, uh-oh, this is going to hurt. And instead it just took him out. Like that was the killing blow. That's um, really awesome. Yep. Now, did you learn a new um, lore in here, the Exploder? Did anybody cast that on you? And- I did not see the Exploder because I was too busy getting at everybody in one shot. So I did not pick <laughs> that one up. And I'm not terribly upset about it because I really don't want my Strago exploding. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah, um, like his lore magic is like, it has that one awesome Aqua Rake and the rest of them are like pretty useless at this point. So Yeah, but he has potential to learn some pretty crazy stuff if you're okay. in the right situation. And he's one of those, like I'm pretty sure the Velt enemies will use those abilities and you can learn them in the Velt as well. Nice. So you can just take Strago and Gao to the Velt once it's opened up again and just go to town and learn all of the moves. Um, so it, like he there's a long, long tradition in Final Fantasy of like characters who learn magic from monsters, the blue right. mage um, in like Final Fantasy Tactics. Uh, that's usually the role. Um, and Strago is, you know, the newest in a long line of that traditional approach. And I think it's kind of appropriate in a way. Um, right. Like you actually have several characters who use monster abilities. You have Gal who like 
transforms into a monster. You have Realm who summons these monsters. You have, and then you have Strigo, who is the old guy from the old tradition who does it the old fashioned Final Fantasy Blue Mage way. Right. <laughs> Anytime it's cast, he'll learn it. Um, which I think is just neat. Like, I don't know if it was deliberate, it's just a nice touch. Yeah. No, it's, I think it's cool because he shows us a different kind of magic than what we've seen so far. Mm-hmm. Right? We, we've seen a lot of um, the bad kind of magic, right? the yeah. um, controlling kind of magic. His kind of magic involves learning, which is new. Mm-hmm. Um, like the way you learn stuff, quote unquote, is by just having a dead esper attached to you as a crystal, right? right. Like, that's, that's not really... Um, it's a but, little morbid. Yeah, it's not, it's not really like most learning uh, on the face of it anyway. But his version is like, I observe, I see how it works, I maybe even suffer the consequences, and then I learn from that experience, right? And so then he can like cast the spell, which I think is cool. Like, I really like the, the concept of him as a, um, you know, a wise old man uh, who also happens to... Um, bring in along with him this uh this kid right who's like responsible mm-hmm. for um and she like has him wrapped around her finger right like oh, yeah. every time he tells her to do something she just like completely ignores it <laughs> yep uh and old so, fuddy-duddy yeah the funny yeah it's like okay so the 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 rescue from the burning building ends up being actually uh the dog and then shadow right mm-hmm. um and he says he's doing it just to rescue his dog. Right. Um, but that's even his kind of, um, you know, veneer of not caring, starting to crack maybe a little bit. Yep. Um, so she just has this like effect, right? And um, I think, so at this point, Shadow leaves, doesn't he? It's like too much emotion, gotta get out yeah. of there, It's this great moment where like they're, they're debriefing after the fire and like all the characters are standing around having this conversation and while it's happening Shadow just slips out in the back like he doesn't have anything to say during the conversation he and Interceptor like once he gets Interceptor back from Realm because once again she's like run off with him yeah. um, he's just sort of standing there they're doing a little thing like apparently talking to each other and while the conversation is happening if you're not paying attention he'll just be gone and you won't know why because yeah. um, he just walks out like boring conversation anyway uh, <laughs> and, and so he you get a little scene with him when you walk outside his uh his music plays and there's mm-hmm. kind of a goodbye um his line what, what is it i will I'll track down the espers in my own way. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what Celis uh, and Leo have been doing meanwhile. Apparently mm-hmm. they're, they're off somewhere else on this little island looking for espers. Um, yeah, and so once again, we fail to keep Shadow in our party, we're, but we're mm-hmm. getting closer, I think. Yep. Uh, we pick up a couple new members and they complete our four for the moment. Um, uh, but one of them only appears what like halfway through the next dungeon um, mm-hmm. because she's been uh, grounded and not allowed to come out and yep. play. Yep. Um, <laughs> stay at home. Yeah. Uh, well, Strago goes off to war. <laughs> yeah. So um, I think we can talk just briefly maybe about the, the mountains that open up next. Um, did you get a chance to yeah, so I, read 
So, I basically saved right after leaving the town, so oh, okay. you're ahead of me on that one. Okay, okay. Uh, Realm hasn't then, even joined up officially at this point. Got it. Okay, so yeah, so what happens next is uh, that this like cave opens where there wasn't one before, mm-hmm. uh, and you can explore this other area that apparently Leo, Celis, Shadow, and Realm have all gone off to uh, wander around <laughs> in the meantime. Um, that's pretty cool. Um, and there's some good stuff up there. Some stuff that I, I think I missed because I kept uh, getting lost and stuff. But um, mm-hmm. it, it has a really interesting bit of um, sort of world building that takes place with these statues. Mm-hmm. Which I think we've heard Kefka mention once, maybe. Yeah, I think he dropped a, dropped a hint as about the statues at one point, but they are about to get super important. All right, and I just have to say, they look a, a little bit uh, Majora's Mask-y, their, mm-hmm. their, their design, their, their uh, art. So, cool. So we'll check them out for next time. Um, read the, the text that appears on their pedestals or whatever mm-hmm. and uh yeah and we'll um we'll see the kind of kefka mayhem uh up close and personal once more uh, for mm-hmm. next time. yeah uh man it's it's so it's so bad <laughs> <laughs> he's so nefarious mm-hmm. so all right um well cool yeah so uh next time um we will we'll pick up there. Thanks again, Ben. Sounds good. All right. Have a good night. Yep, you too.